Manning takes the knee, and the New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17 to 14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Chris McMonagle here with you in the overnights for another two hours on this Wednesday morning. Tomorrow will be a five-hour midnight ride on our on a Thursday as we look to start heading towards the weekend. That's what listen. As far as I'm concerned, yes, Nick basketball, no doubt, no doubt. Yes, Rangers hockey, and for that matter, Devils and Islanders hockey. They're still alive, but you know, let's be totally honest. I'll be honest. I'll be transparent for you. Rangers hockey are still alive and well. But we are clicking off the days till baseball season. There is no doubt about it. And I said before going to the break, uh, news out there today. And again, let me just tell you again. Snell's not coming to the New York Yankees. I don't know how many times i got to tell you how many different ports have to say the opposite. How much talking. I'm telling you right now. Blake Snell will not be a New York Yankee. He's going elsewhere. They're not going to pay him. I promise you. Barring it, I mean, I guess, you know, don't ever preface it. I got to have a strong, firm opinion. I do. Barring a major injury in this spring training, they are not going after Blake Snell. But there was a report that, you know, and first of all, let's be fine. I like John Heyman. I do. I read John Heyman. I listen to that podcast with him and Sherman from time to time. I think they both do a good job there as far as reporters. I'll always remember him with the Arson Judge tweet because it was kind of my my crowning achievement on the um, Carton and Roberts show was to stand up and, and not believe that report and watch John have to retract and apologize for giving out false information. I, that's like the high point, having to be able to hold that over those two bums was was as good as it got for me on that show. So I'll always remember it. But right now, John Heyman is on an absolute, uh, you know, I don't even know what to call it, an, an absolute, you know, battle, a crusade. That's the word I'm looking for. He's on an absolute crusade to do Scott Boris's bidding and get Blake Snell to the Yankees. Now, listen, I don't mind it. I hope he's successful because I think it'll make them a better team and I want to win a World Series. I hope the Yankees sign Blake Snell. I hope I'm wrong. They're not going to. But, I mean, everything he does, is point every every article he writes, everything that comes up, it's about Blake Snell going to the Yankees. I mean, they did on their podcast, I guess, they had an interview with Jose Trevino, the catcher of the New York Yankees, and the one clip they put out is his comments on Blake Snell, not about what's going on in spring, not about how healthy his wrist is, not about – you know, Wells and him platooning, not about anything like that. Hey, Blake, what do you think about Blake Snell? That's that's what we're focused on, and I understand why. But apparently, Juan Soto was asked how he feels about Blake Snell. Obviously played with him the past year and a half in San Diego. And Juan Soto said, oh, great. It would be great to get Blake Snell here. He's a, he would be a perfect fit. Blake, he's a wonderful pitcher. Be great to bring in Blake Snell. Well, I hope Brian Cashman's listening. 
And I hope Hal Steinbrenner's listening because I would take that information and I would go knock on his door today. Juan Soto, that is, of course. And I would say, hey, Juan, what's up, buddy? How's it going? Acclimating to the new team. You look great in the uniform. You're swinging the bat. You got the night. I mean, a couple of moments there where I'm holding my breath. You got injured. The first swing you take, you collapse to the ground. I didn't need it. Stumbling and bumbling in the outfield, I didn't need it, but you look terrific. You're hitting balls off the wall. You hit a three-run home run your first game. I love it. You look beautiful in the uniform. Everything good, good, good. I'm glad. Well, I hear through the grapevine and through John Heyman and through Scott Boris, the puppet master behind it all, that you would love. That's the other thing. He's also agents with with, uh, Blake Snell. They also share Scott Boris as an agent. But, oh, you would love Blake Snell, huh? You think he'd be great to the team? You think he'd be really a huge attribute? Be great. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I would tell Juan Soto, would you like Blake Snell here? I'll have him here tomorrow. You guys can you guys can be playing shuffleboard tomorrow as teammates if you'd like. All you have to do is sign this nice little contract extension for the next 13 years. Because if you expect me, or not really expect, but if you'd like, to have me sign uh, Blake Snell, and it's going to cost me three, four years, five years to do it, well, I need a commitment from you. And that's why, listen, I love Juan Soto, and I have no problem with anything the man says. He could say anything he wants. I'm fully on board. But it's tough to hear who he thinks the Yankees should bring in when he could be leaving in a year. So sign the contract, and I'll bring in Snell tomorrow. And I think Steinbrenner would. You pay that, you pay that, sign a, sign a $550 million contract extension for the next 10, 12 years, 13 years, and we're good. I'll go get Blake Snell on top of it. That's what I want. If Juan Soto is going to be all in, which, by the way, if you look at his Instagram, he's all in. It's Yankee everything. And I think he wants. I think he's going to be a Yankee. I, I, I think it's, one, I think it's probably a little silly to even say that I think he's going to be a Yankee. But it's certainly silly to think he's going to leave. And so many people, my God, everyone just assumes he's going. He's going to the Mets. It's a fait accompli. And even what Randy Miller, right? Randy Miller. I believe it's Miller. Was on, uh, covers uh, the Yankees for NJ.com. And he's on with uh, Ricky Ricardo the other day. And he's talking about how they're not going to pay Juan Soto more than Aaron Judge. And that just drives me absolutely bonkers. It drives me absolutely, just absolutely nuts. Why in the world would Judge, what does Judge's contract have to do with anything? Soto is 26 years old. He's going to get, he might not, I mean, he'll probably get the same kind of value per year. I don't think he's going to get much more. Maybe he'll get a little bit more. But I don't think he's going to get much more than $40 million a year. He's going to get a longer-term deal. He's going to get 12, 13 years as opposed to nine because he's five years younger than Judge was. Or is. You know, he'll always be five years younger. That's how it works. I try to explain that to my kids. They don't get it. Sometimes my, like my, my little guy, Andrew, thinks eventually he's going to catch up to Tommy. I'm like, you're not. You're always going to be younger. There's no catching up. You guys are going to stay the same distance apart for the rest of your lives. Get used to it. So Juan Soto will always be four or five years younger than Aaron Judge, but 
when they hit free agency, he's going to be five years younger. He's going to get a longer-term deal. He is going to get bigger money. To assume the Yankees won't go there because they didn't go there with um, Yamamoto when it comes to, you know, Garrett Cole's contract is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm not even sure that was the the overarching theme of why they didn't go get Yamamoto or give him more than $300 million. I think they just thought it was a lot for a pitcher who's never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball. Juan Soto's a stud. Juan Soto's on his way to the Hall of Fame. Juan, Juan Soto has put up numbers through his first, uh, you know, through the age 25 that like three or four players in the history of baseball have done. Not the same thing. But if he wants Blake Snell, then sign, the, sign on the dotted line and we'll go get your buddy. That's what I would tell him. Hey, I'll make you Aaron Rodgers right now, Juan. I will make you Aaron Rodgers. You can run this freaking team. Sign an extension right now, and I'll go get any play you want. Tell me someone who's available that you want. We'll go get him. Sign the contract extension. But until then, it's not going to happen. Blake Snell's not coming to the Yankees. I don't know how many times we got to tell people. It's just not going to happen. 877-337-6666. And the Mets need to go out and get Montgomery. This bothers me on a, every day I wake up. And now I'm seeing other people start, right? Who who wrote the story? Sherman, right? Joel Sherman wrote the story that now the, the Mets should be reconsider their opinion on, on Jordan Montgomery. Where you been, Joel? I've been saying this for two weeks. It's obvious. The minute, the very minute, the second that the Texas Rangers came out and said, you know, we're probably done spending money, the Mets should have been all over this guy. It makes too much freaking sense. But, you know, we heard it last night. The Met fan is okay with losing. It's okay. They're okay with this year not being very impactful or important. It's not important. It doesn't matter if they make the playoffs this year. That's what a Met fan told me last night. It doesn't matter, or yesterday morning. It doesn't matter if the Mets make the playoffs or not. It doesn't matter. One way or the other, it doesn't matter. Because even with Jordan Montgomery, they're probably not a World Series winner. And so really, what does it matter? Which I respect that caller, that he was on for five or six minutes. He made a bunch of very valid points. But that point is absurd. That because you don't deem them a World Series team today, even with Jordan Montgomery, that it's not worth getting incrementally better in hopes of chasing down a wild card spot. That that's meaningless because ultimately you don't think they can make it through the gauntlet of the Major League Baseball playoff and make it through the National League. And I tell you, the Arizona Diamondbacks did it last year. The Arizona Diamondbacks. What'd they lose? 150 games the year before? Something like that? It's ridiculous, guys. Let's go, Mets. Wake up. Let's go, David Stearns. Let's go. Let's go, Uncle Stevie. Go spend the money and get Montgomery. He makes perfect sense for your team. Let's get back to the calls. 877-337-66. Ah, 66. Maury and Belmore. What's up, Maury? Tonight is your night, bro. bro. How you doing? Good. How are you, bud? Uh, there's a rumor that they're not going to go with Snell. They're going to get this guy, Lorenzen. Lorenzen? I made an off- Lorenzen, he played for like uh, Cincinnati, 32 years old. And supposedly uh, Cashman's going down to pick him up tonight. Okay. So, I don't know. 32-year-old pitcher, I don't know. I, I read about it on one of the tra- uh, MLB rumors. So, yeah. who knows? 
But I who doubt. knows? Yeah, Michael think, Michael Lorenzen. That, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. It's Lorenzen. I don't know. But I th- I think it's yeah. just Lorenzen from what I remember. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think oh. so. So you're telling me one of your boys might catch up to the other? Isn't that funny or what? What's that? I'm I'm missing you. Oh yeah, yeah. Every once in yeah, every once in a while, the little guy Andrew doesn't. He's like, so when will me and Tommy both I'll get be in, there? Right, Dad. I'll get yeah, there. Yeah, he's right? like, so when me and Tommy will both be in third grade together? Right? I'm like, no, oh, no, it's not how I it works. I love it. I love it. I love yep. it. So, uh, you know, I wanted to just say 41 points in the fourth quarter. I know we're all hurt, but you can't do that to God, Knicks. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, just that's it, uh, it is. It is, uh, and eventually they got worn down. Uh, it's 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 impossible because the 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 intensity they have to put on the floor on the offensive level uh, on the offensive side of the court without Brunson without Hartenstein without Randall and An- An- Ananobi like there it's just too much it's too yeah. much it's it's too much effort on one side of the ball then to play defense the way they would need to you you just not I mean you know the, the Pelicans are a solid team not a great team but it's it's an impossible ask it's an impossible yeah, ask and, and you know your song. Uh, uh, I was I was in Grease Lightning. I was the character in fifth grade. Okay, I'm ready to do any part under any one of those uh, team songs. The T Birds. I'm ready. I got you back. All I'm right. Up. Thank you. Let's do it. I got could, you back. Could she get me a friend? They they you know you got to get off the ride, Kaniki. Because yeah. from Kaniki, it's like a Hallmark card. Hickey from Kaniki. Thank you, Maury. I appreciate it. Yes, no, I thought I did a good job with the grease stuff. I'm surprised. Boomer made them shut it off like it's, you know, Muzak to his ears. Whatever. It's okay. Whatever. I know. I know my truth. I know my truth. I know my truth. In all fairness, I probably, yeah, I mean, if his point was I wouldn't have made it to Hollywood on, on American Idol, yeah, I know. if I thought I could make it to Hollywood and American Idol, I'd go. Make a whole thing of it. I'll bring, the, I'll bring Tom Izzo down. We'll have the digital team watch me go try out for American Idol. It's actually not a terrible idea. I'm sure Izzo would love that idea. I think there is, I think I'm too old. Right? I think it's like, it used to be much younger. They bumped it up to like, 30, 35 or something. I'm still too old now. There are enough reality shows. I'm sure you can fit the bill for one. <laughs> yeah. The mass Singer, I'm sure. Which, by the way, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be a jerk. And, and Does WF fan sh- host count as a celebrity <laughs> for them? Right. <laughs> they take it off. They'd be like, who? <laughs> you know, uh, C-Mac. I, I love Brian Cashman. No? Doesn't ring a bell? <laughs> That'll be the hint for the judges. <laughs> yeah, this guy right. loves Brian Cashman. Right, exactly. But by but that mass show, I'm I'm, that mass singer show. I'm sorry, I don't want to. I'm sure there are people who like it who are listening, and I uh, taste is is subjective. I you know I think twenty. I started rewatching twenty a little bit of twenty four in my my downtime over the weekend. You know, Fleegelman got me a little. I told my wife too. She was like, I she actually said to me a very funny line. She's like, of all your nuts stuff, she's like. This is probably the dumbest thing you've ever said. But I looked at her. We were, like, looking for something to, to watch. I took off Thursday, Friday. So I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We had a bunch of days in a row off. The kids were home all week. She was off all week as a teacher. We went to Mohegan Sun for one day, which, by the way, I don't want to, like, I don't know how we feel about telling gambling stories, but I lost three. Con- I'll just say this. I lost three consecutive hands with 20. 
three consecutive to end my to end my evening, and that that's a that's a tough way to end it. Three consecutive hands. I have twenty, and I lost. Not push. Lost all three in a row. Dealer showing seven flips over the four. You know what happened next, and then two blackjacks in a row to end my evening. Not complaining, but not not the best way to handle it. And then um, the rest of the time we had time. So I took I looked I looked at my wife, please, and I said to her, I'm like, I think I need any interest in rewatching 24. Which of course, when we first started dating, I made her watch 24. Um, when we were looking to watch shows, I was like, just trust me, you'll love 24. I don't know, how, I forget how many seasons we got into. I don't think she saw all eight seasons or whatever it was, but she definitely saw like the first three or four. Um, so I turned to her, I was any interest in watching 24 again? She's like, you're kidding me. Why? And I'm like, I gotta be honest with you. I'm talking to Fliegelman and he remembers things I don't remember. I can't, I can't, I'm, there's only one person, he's the only guy I work with. Marco's here, you know, steps in once every hour, but like, I can't only work with one person and have that one person know more about 24 than me. I can't. I have to I have to get back into this thing. I'm very like you would mention I'm like I don't even remember that. Son of a how is he a bigger 24 fan than me cuz I thought I was the guy. I actually have like a a 24 poster hanging up in my living room that my wife hates. That I, I wish with, I did. I, I had one framed. of my old childhood bedrooms. Yeah. It's long gone now. Um Someone gave it's it probably cuz yeah. I did a rewatch with my wife uh, yeah. when we first started like Couple months after we started dating, that yeah. was like the first show that we watched. She had yeah. never seen it. Yeah, which we did too. But it, yeah, I mean, it's been a while. But yeah, you were mentioning I mean, you stuff in like season seven, season five. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she did because that's to me. You could argue it's the best season. I'm, I, I have a special place in my heart for season two because it's when I really fell in love with the show. But I think if you're being objective, it's, it's a it's a strong argument that season five is the best year. Uh but yeah, I, I'm sure she did. I'm sure I made her watch season. But yeah, I was just like, I have to get back into it. She's like, why? I'm like, Fliegelman knows more than I do. I, I can't live in a world where I work with one, I spend my nights and my job with one guy and he's he's a bigger 24 fan than me. Can't have it. Can't have it. It's just because that was like, you know, the Beatles and 24, those were your things. Right. That's my thing. Lord, Lord of the Rings, the Beatles and 24, those are my things. Those are my weird things that nobody else is as crazy with. Like people love Lord of the Rings, the movies are wildly successful. So I'm not alone in Lord of the Rings. That's 24 is definitely the most niche of any of those three topics. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Obviously, millions and millions of people love the Beatles, always have, always will. Yeah. Lord of the Rings comes in second, and then 24 yes. is a distant third. No doubt. So to have like one of my things not be my, the not be the strong suit between me and you can't happen. So I got to work on it. So I got to work on it. So I, I, I had rewatched season one a while back and for and forgot about it so I just started with the the last episode of season 1 and then started season 2 but I'm going to try and work my way through all seasons here and get back on the 24 band I got to get back got to get back to Jack um oh what was I saying oh yeah how terrible TV shows are right the mass singer this was all in the prefix of the max i i'm sure people like it like i said i like 24 a lot of people think it's dumb whatever or jump the shark at some point this mass Singer is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I don't know how anyone honestly watches this show. The, out, the outfits are just absolutely outrageous. The singing stinks for the most part. It's, 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 an, it's, I, it's hard to fathom it ever got out of a meeting, let alone be this successful as a television show. I just, I can't fathom. I turn it on, I'm like, what world are we living in where like an enormous mushroom 
is singing and we're trying to figure out who's in the mushroom. Like what, where did we, where did we, what happened? What happened? Like, I can only imagine like different generations looking at us and saying, well, like what's the pop? Like, you know, okay. Yeah. You could go back and watch rawhide or whatever and think, Oh, what a, you know, corny ad, what a corny spaghetti Western this was, although it was wildly popular. But can you imagine someone like, I don't know, someone who grew up in the twenties, someone who grew up earlier than then, like, what do you guys do for, we used to sit around the radio. What do you guys do? I watch an enormous asparagus um, sing, and then I try and guess what celebrity it is, and I watch the judges go through their mindset, and they give me their thought process as we try and figure out who's behind, you know, the the unicorn. I, it, it's it's mind boggling to me. I watch it and I get angry. I do. I watch it and I get angry. How is this popular? And not to not, if you like it, you like it. I get it. I like singing competitions on some level. We all went through, like when American Idol was like at its peak and it was the biggest show in the history of everything, like we all watched it. I watched the first couple seasons of American Idol. I never, I, I fully, I never actually picked up my phone and text message to vote though. I, I, at least I can say that. I never bothered to vote, but we watched it. We all watched it. We got into it. If you were, if you were old enough, same thing with like, who wants to be a millionaire? Like it had a brief run where it, that was the biggest show going. Those two Everybody also watched had it. like I love to want to be a millionaire. I didn't yeah. like American Idol that much, but I would see some of it. My family watched it because that was a thing. Like I was in school at the time. Right. Everybody in the country, like that was what you talked about the sure. next day. No, it was enormous. Everybody talked about it, and I remember. I remember watching live when the guy who won the first million carpenter i always remember that i always i thought it was so badass that is the ultimate badass move of all time do uh, you remember his name what was his name i don't remember his name john carpenter john carpenter like when the he director phoned a friend and called his dad you're yeah. right one of, like for all the stuff that's scripted that was one of the most incredible moments in american he, television history there's no doubt he if you're not unaware of what we're talking about when uh, it was the first guy to win the million dollars if yeah if you're um if you don't know what Amer- uh, with who wants to be a millionaire was, I don't know where you've been. But who wants because they still have reruns with all different kinds of people. It's like Family Feud at this point. It's going to go on forever. You know, at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, and they don't play for a million dollars anymore. Oh no, they don't. So it's much less clearly. Yeah, now they play for free T-shirts. Yeah. Um, but it's it's trivia, and you got a different lifelines. You can eliminate. You go fifty fifty and eliminate. Two of the four answers. You can phone a friend, which is obviously calling someone and asking for their help. There's ask the audience, and they would poll the audience. You know, if you don't know the show, I can't believe I'm explaining. Who wants to be? A, how am I explaining? Who wants to be a billionaire? You should all know. That's a read. That's a bad Regis impression. If you didn't get that. So anyway, the guy. No one had ever won the million dollars. I guess it was like a year in or something. And so this guy's clearly bright. He's zipping through it, and he gets to the final question. And I would argue, the way he does it, we're going to play the clip, Mike, uh, Mike found it. I think this is the most badass moment in reality TV. This is the most bad, the way he played it, as deadpanned as you could possibly be. This was, I remember watching it live, and I think I like stood up and applauded the dude. I was like, this is so badass. So let's go, this is the final question for a million dollars. Apparently, John Carpenter, who I'm, you know, John Carpenter's uh, 
vampire. John Carpenter was a, a director, I believe. Anyway, this is not John Carpenter, the director. But the first man to ever win a million dollars on Millionaire, who wants to be a millionaire, was just, I mean, had steel brass balls. What an absolute stud move. Which of these U.S. presidents appeared on the television series Laugh-In? Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon, Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford. Um, <laughs> I'd like to call my parents right now. Sure. Use my lifeline, call my parents. What are their names? Uh, um, my father. I'll talk to my father. Uh, hi, Dad. Hi. Um, uh, I don't really need your help, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to win the million dollars. <laughs> Uh, because the U.S. president appeared on Laughing is Richard Nixon. That's my final answer. Well, my gosh. What can I say except, Debbie, you're going to Paris, and this is the final answer heard all around the world. He's won a million dollars. Yeah, that, that is so badass. To, one, to still have your, your lifeline. I believe he had all three, at least two. Oh, that's Yeah, I mean, so he was just a dominant player. But to still have the phone in. And to have the presence of mind to spike the football. Like, that's the thing. Like, I would, it would have never crossed my mind. Like, if I was sitting there, like, that's what's impressive right, about it. Right, you'd just be like in your head like, oh, my God, I just won a million dollars. I would jump up out of the chair and go, I know this one. I know this one. Like, there would have, it would have never crossed my mind. Let's play this coy and pull one over on Regis here. Call my dad and tell him I'm going to win a million dollars. Like, who has the presence of mind to do that? It's the kind of thing that we talk about these great sports moments. Like, oh, they yeah. can never write that because we'd all right. say it's stupid. Yeah. If somebody tried to make a movie and wrote right. that as a script, we would say, right. come on, nobody could pull that off in that moment. I know. And he did. And he's the only one. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I I, I just, I, I, I remember watching it going, this son of, who has the balls to do that? And who has the presence of mind? I would have jumped out of my chair. I won a million bucks. I don't know if the guy, I forget the whole storyline. I guess he was taking his wife, Debbie, to Paris if he won the million dollars. Because they would ask, you know, they would ask the questions in between. What are you going to do with the money? Who's here in the audience with you? You know, that kind of thing. To kill some time. Before the lights went. Dun, 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 dun. And the lights came down bright on him. But yeah, that is such a badass moment. <laughs> that guy is a legend forever. For the way he handled winning that million bucks. Amazing. He must have had that in his mind going in. Like that must have been a th- don't don't you think like if I right, if I to get think. to if I get to the million dollar question and I have a lifeline I'm calling my dad and telling him I'm winning like that must have been in the back of his mind like one of those you know, you think too much or like you know what I'm gonna do with the the billion dollars when I when I play the the Powerball like you go through your mind like if I win the money I know exactly what I'm doing with it if no, I it hit does, the million like the first thing question, that pops in your mind when you know the answer I can't wait to tell my parents oh yeah. wait I can in a really yeah. cool way that was awesome. That was awesome. And you're saying the mass singer doesn't do it for you in those moments? No, it does not. No. It does not do it for me, the mass singer. I just, I, I'll never understand that. When the dragonfly or whatever has its head taken off. <laughs> when they pick, and it's a D-list celebrity yeah, from the 70s. And it's Terry Bradshaw. Like, I don't know who cares. I don't care. Right, yeah, and it's some D- and he, you know, he was on. He had a seven 
episode arc on the love boat. Well, like, who cares? He was a child star who right, yeah. gave up acting and has spent his last 30 years as, a, you know, an right. insurance salesman. Exactly, yeah. Right. Oh, my God. I know. It's so Your parents might remember him. Right, exactly. Exactly, right. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, uh, unbelievable. It's Trudy from, ha- you know, whatever. Um, I just, I don't know. From the Cosby Show, Trudy. Um, yeah, I, I just... I, that show does not do it for me. 877-337-6666. But I feel like, you know, I with with the prom, the prominence of Netflix and and Hulu and all these streaming services, Apple TV, which I you know, I'm I'm sorry. I I want to watch this Patriot documentary. I don't have Apple TV. I'm not I'm not buying it just for this documentary. I'd like to watch it, but I'm not doing it. But like all these different I have every other one. I had to draw the line somewhere. But I feel like network TV is uh, I don't even know what's on. Like, what's the most popular? Like, CSI was obviously a huge show for a while. They had a bunch of spinoffs, CSI Miami, CSI New York. Chicago's got everything. Right now, there's Chicago Police, Chicago Fire, Chicago something, uh, Chicago Hospital, Chicago, I don't know. There's something for everything Chicago. I don't know what the most successful TV show on t- on TV right SVU now is. SVU and NCIS are still on the air. Yeah. Probably them. I don't know what the, I mean, I know the Sunday Night Football is the biggest rated show every single week, but I don't know. What's the most prominent network television show on right now? Me and my wife watched This Is Us, which I thought was terrific early on and then faded and was not good. You know, when you build up, that's the, that's the problem with shows too. When you build up something like the father of that show is going to die eventually, like you, you foreshadow his death is coming, and then once they pay that off, it's hard to still have another three, four seasons. Like it's hard to continue that momentum. But... um. I don't know what the big... I'd have to check it out. I wonder what the most popular show on network TV is right now. Like, we're talking highest rated or most... Because most rated. popular, I would say, SVU, it, like, just eclipsed yeah. the record for longest-running primetime drama, so that's probably number one. Right. I, yeah, but I bet you it's not ratings. I bet you it's not ratings. Ratings is probably still NCIS. Yeah, Old people right? watch CBS. I know. It's true. Old people watch CBS. It's a good thing to go by. That's a, that's a, that's a standard right there. Right, there's that old cliche, young people are Democrats, older people are Republicans, older people watch CBS. That's how it works. So for 22 to 23, it was after Sunday Night Football and uh, cable stuff, NCIS, and then FBI, both CBS, Young Sheldon, CBS. Mm -hmm. Then you get one of the Chicago shows, NBC. Yeah. There you go. And speaking about... um, uh, this is us. What's his name from This Is Us? The Manny from This Is Us has that new show. They were promoting the hell out of it. It, it got premiered. the super post Super Bowl got, spot. Got the post Super Bowl spot. Um, which twenty four the new one got the with the with what's his name like the not Jack Jack Bauer one. Yeah, with was Corey the, Hawkins. With Corey Hawkins, very disappointing. Very disappointing. But it got that after the Super Bowl like buzz and after that was after the Patriots had the 28-3 comeback against the Falcons. I remember staying up for that. I yeah. had jury duty the next morning. That show was not <laughs> worth staying up for. No, I I don't even remember it that much. I I I watched it. I don't even remember it. It was bad. You need Jack Power. You can't have you can't have you know, this you'd be tough to have the Sopranos without Tony Soprano. It's impossible to have you know, the honeymooners without Ralph, Ralph Cramden. It's you you can't have Married with children without Al Bundy, and you can't have 24 without Kiefer Sutherland and Jack Bowers. You can't do it.
Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sorry, I was busy petting Cooper. As Eddie has brought in Cooper, they're bringing the heaven, uh, bring your dog to work day. Brought to you by the great uh, people at the Farmer's Dog. Al is bringing in Whimsy. Gio's bringing in Elvis. There's the whole corner of the office has been painted red and has a little dog park area. Very nice. Now Flegelman's doing it. Uh, good luck screening phone calls. Now Flegelman's going to be petting dogs for a half hour. Great. Great. 877-337-6666. So, yeah, we were just having a little fun with TV shows and stuff. But I did want to just talk about the the Giants. We'll do it after these calls, though, because I see some baseball calls pop up. We'll do it a little bit later. Something that Joe Shane admitted is a strength of this new defensive coordinator, which I think is a positive and something the Giants should have been looking for and is going to be the most important piece for me moving forward with the Giants' defense. And we could talk quarterback and running back all day, and rightfully so, but this Giants team has a lot of holes, including improving on defense. Uh, so a lot can be done with this Giants team. But let's stick with your baseball calls now for a little bit. Let's get to uh, Stuart in Brooklyn. Stu Pot, what's going on, bud? Uh, good morning, C-Mac. Good morning. Why does every, everybody keep on insisting that he's coming to New York? I don't Blake get Snell. it. Every day. Everybody. I wake up to another story about how Blake, uh, Blake Snell, do you think? Dude, like, it's not going, if it didn't happen, it's not going to happen. They're not paying double to bring Blake Snell here. Well, you think that maybe if the price came down a little bit more, maybe it might happen? And if it did happen, what would you think about it? Oh, I would love – listen, the most important thing, unfortunately – I mean, it's – it's a 2024 is an all-in year. I want to win the World Series this year. I'm desperate to win the World Series this year. Who knows what happens with Juan Soto? I don't want to put them in a position where they feel like they can't want, sign Juan Soto next year by spending a lot of money. I mean – if you told me in in the private like thoughts of Hal Steinbrenner, it's Snell, and then it, that really hurts the ability to win to get Juan Soto next year, I'd, I'd feel differently about it, I guess. But no, I would love bringing Juan uh, Blake Snell here. I want to win a World Series. Definitely. That gives it gives them a better chance to win the World Series. Whatever you think of him, whether or not he's going to be the Cy Young pitcher he was last year, I don't know. Probably not. I don't think Cole's going to be the same Cy Young pitcher he was last year. It's hard to duplicate those seasons. Well, let's but, say this much. Garrett Cole had 19 decisions last year. Right. And he had 33 starts. Right. So that was, that's why the reason why they brought in the offensive weapon of Toro, Verdugo, and uh, so they signed Marcus Stroman. But if they didn't sign Marcus Stroman, the chances then, of getting White Snow would be a lot better. Oh, 100% better. I would, be, I would be confident that they would sign him. Because now, I now I think Blake Snell's market's fallen to the point where he would have said yes to that deal. Like the, uh, the the contract they offered him was it six one hundred and sixty eight? Right, that's been the rumored uh, contract they uh, offered I him. I heard five one fifty. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've heard I've heard a bunch of different things. Whatever the case may be, it was five or six years, and it was around one hundred and sixty million dollars. I mm. think he takes that deal today. 
I think he did not when that when that contract was offered to him by the New York Yankees, he wasn't ready to take that deal. I think he would have taken I think he takes it today. But they're right. not going to offer that deal having paid Stroman $18 million. Like they're not going to do it. So no. yeah, if Stroman was never signed, I, I, I think that absolutely I would be much more gung ho and positive on the idea of Snell coming to the Yankees. But, and I, uh, I'll say they, not not if and so, but they got to sign Soto at the end of the year. No doubt. Um, not even a close. Because if they lose Soto, then I think that that would be a major catastrophe. Because then, major. What would the you only, I mean, year? listen, if they win the World Series this year, it'll soften the blow. But even then. I would still sign them. It, oh, no, you have to. No, I'm not saying you don't have to. You have to. What yeah. I'm saying is, if they win the World Series and you lose them, at least you can say, All right, at least we got a championship out of it. Yeah, we traded away. Uh, and who knows? Because I think Michael King could be a really good pitcher in San Diego. And thank you for the call, uh, Stu. Uh, I think he could be a really good pitcher in San Diego. I think you know they traded away some pitchers who so could be good. It's a lot. They did trade away a lot. I think they had to do it. It was still a great trade. You had to do it. Um, but if he leaves, it's going to be disappointing because what you gave up, it's only one year this play, like everything. But if they win the World Series, if we are celebrating in the Canyon of Heroes, if we, you know, are, have ended the streak of, you know, 15 years without a championship, if there is a championship and we get to see Judge and Cole and my two guys, Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman, hoist the trophy. Then I, it softens the blow in losing Juan Soto. I still think you have to sign him, and I'd still be really disappointed if they don't. And I and I, and it it I couldn't imagine him winning a championship and then wanting to move on. But that's the only way I'm okay with it on some level. If they win, you deal with it. If they don't win and they lose him, oh, forget about it. Heads will have to roll. I mean, they can't lose him. They can't lose him. They can lose Juan Soto. But, yeah, I, I I think if you told the Yankees, like here's the thing, if you told the Yankees that Snell wasn't going to sign and camps were going to open fully and they'd be playing, uh, they'd be playing uh, spring training games and, and Snell still wouldn't be signed, I think they would have held, held off on signing Stroman. But I think they thought that it was going to happen. They needed to pivot. They were going to lose Stroman. Snell had already said no to their best and final offer. I think if they thought that all they had to do was wait a month and Snell would have taken them up on that deal, they would have waited. But they didn't know. And they couldn't afford to lose Stroman. Because they needed to add at least one starting pitcher. So, I mean, look, I'm I'm pretty firm on them not getting Juan Soto, uh, getting Blake Snell, excuse me. I don't think it's going to happen, but is there a number? Like, if Snell is just determined on being a Yankee and tells Scott Boris, I don't care what you say, get me to the Yankees and we'll figure it out, get me a year with an opt-out, whatever we have to do, move money around, whatever the Yankees need to make it happen, go make it happen, then, I mean, anything's possible. But I'm telling that's not going to happen. They're not signing him. He's going to want his contract still. He's waited this long. He's going to wait it out. He won the Cy Young last year. He's going to look to get paid. There's still, you know, Montgomery out there. They're going to get paid. And it's not going to be by the Yankees. And so you're right. I Every day I wake up, every afternoon I wake up, and there's another story. There's somebody else reporting it's close or possible. I remember I did the midday show on Thursday with BT, 
and really went out there and was just like, it's not happening. It's absolutely not happening. Not happening. I go home that night, and that night all over Twitter is the buzz that he's it's there within a few minutes. He's he's moments away from signing with the Yankees. I'm like, boy, do I feel like a, a you-know-what, a horse's you-know-what. I'm screaming it from the rooftops. An hour later, he's going to sign with the Yankees. But that was like all a created, you know, mixed up thing from, you know, Marty Mush of Barstool and all these different guys. Like, it's it's never been close. It's not going to happen. Marty Mush, by the way, you know, getting a couple of hits off of uh, uh, um, Bauer, making Bauer look bad. I mean, that's, I know they talked about it on the afternoon. I was going to talk about it last night. I completely forgot. Uh, but Bauer did a thing with Barstool where he went there and had a, you know, a, a seven at bat challenge against Marty Mush. I guess he played baseball at some level. He looked like he had a decent enough swing, but to, to allow seven and seven at bats, he gave up two hits to a guy at Barstool. Not a great showing for Trevor Bauer. Kind of an embarrassment. I don't know if he's done. Like Evan's saying that's you know Evan's just being Evan. I don't know if that means I wouldn't sign him, but. It's not exactly a great sign that he's given up base hits to Marty Mush. I mean, you know, it's, I'm surprised he let that out there. Guy, he's putting himself out there. I'll give him that. I'll give him that because listen, if I I'm t- if I stepped into the box and you allowed a hit off of me, I I don't want you on the Yankees. I'll tell you that right now. If if, if Bauer's like, oh come on, I I had seven tries and I got two base hits, I'd be like, yeah, that's okay. I I don't. The Yankees don't need you. Dan and Belmar. What's up, Dan? Hey, what's up, C-Mac? What's up, buddy? Didn't realize you were such a big Kiefer Sutherland guy. Oh, huge Kiefer Sutherland guy. Huge. That's what got, that's actually what turned me on to the show was that Kiefer Sutherland was leading the show. I was, you know, as a kid, you know, growing up in the, you know, 90s and I guess, you know, 80s sort of, but like I, I loved uh, Lost Boys. I loved um, Stand By Me. Um, like I was a, I was a Kiefer Sutherland fan. I loved um, Flatliners, a lot of uh, Young Guns. I loved Young Guns, so like I was a big Kiefer Sutherland guy. And that I was like, oh look, look, Kiefer Sutherland leading the show. I'll check that out. And then it just happened to be the greatest thing television's ever seen. And just one of those happy coincidences. What season are they? Are they still making a show? I don't know. I used to no, watch it. When it first no, no, yeah, but. no. It came out in two thousand and one. They, they haven't had a season. I don't know. It's got to be ten years, right? When's it's the last ten years since the yeah. London, the since 12 the London, episodes, yeah. the twelve episode London thing. Yeah, so it's been a long time. It 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 actually came out. Excuse me. It was supposed to come out in October of two thousand and one, and then obviously to have a anti terrorism show so soon after the uh, the terrible uh, acts of nine eleven, they decided to push it back. But. Um, yeah, probably That's, a smart move. That was right around that that it was right around that time period. And I liked I really liked the show a lot in season one. I thought it was very well done. Dennis Haysbert as the president was surprisingly excellent because knowing him strictly as a baseball player, really. I knew him as Pedro Serrano, and then he was a, mm. a baseball player with Tom Selleck and Mr. Baseball. Like that's how I knew Dennis Haysbert. And so that's, him, another, him, that's another great movie. Oh, Mr. Baseball, baseball is true. I love Mr. Baseball with Tom like Selleck. Gets- Nobody mentions it. You're Ball right. Movies, when when but- we talk about baseball movies, you know, Mr. Baseball is not discussed really. But I love Tom Selleck and Mr. Baseball. Very, very good. I like it a lot. Um, but Dennis Haysbert plays his teammate in Japan on that. So, like, that's how I knew him, Pedro and that. And then 
He was terrific as, you know, um, Senator Palmer running for president. I liked the show a lot. I thought it was very good. Then season two and the drama of chasing around the atomic, the chasing around the bomb, I completely fell in love with the show. And then it became my thing. I'd have people at my house every Monday night. You know, it was like a, uh, it was my weird little thing, how much I love 24 and Jack Bauer. Yeah, I remember watching it as a kid with my dad, and, you know, it was like a weekly thing we did, but, uh, yep. Did you did you watch his new show, the Designated Survivor one? I watched so, Designated Survivor. I haven't watched Rabbit Hole. I'm not. That was like a. Uh, I don't know what network that was on. Yeah, it got yeah I didn't even hear it. Yeah, it was on Paramount. Uh, it was on Paramount. He was like a, an FBI agent who's dealing with you know uh, with insomnia and he's not sure if what he's seeing is real. Wasn't something like no, that? No, he was no? like a like a private security guy without giving too much away that gets like dragged into a bigger conspiracy okay yeah i didn't uh, i didn't watch that one but yeah i thought designated survivor was excellent the first couple seasons and then it, it you know once he became president yeah. it was kind of ah eh. but the, yeah, it got the old. once he became like fully invested in president and you know then it became about the political workings of a presidency and still while trying to figure out what happened it was okay but the beginning the first season i thought was very very good yeah i'd, I'd agree with you there uh, just want to. I've been wrestling with a question, as you know, from our talk, our lengthy discussion, you know, last night or yesterday morning, whatever you want to call it. Um, big Mets fan. Yeah. Uh, I've been wrestling with this question, asking other Mets fans, but I'll get your, you know, as a Yankee fan, I'll get your uh, input on it. Yeah. Do you think the Mets fans would rather re-sign Alonzo but miss out on Soto next year, or right, re- or sign Soto but you got to watch Pete go over to the Bronx? The added element of not only missing out on Pete, but having him play for the Yankees, which I guess is, you know, possible. Rizzo would be done. They would miss out on Soto. You would imagine they'd have right. to do something to add to that offense. Uh, I'll get into it. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for the call yesterday, too. I thought you made a bunch of good points, except the, the very last point I thought was bad. But that's okay. You did a very good job. Thank you for the question. We'll get to it next. Uh, we're up against the break here, 877-337-6666. So, Met fans, he posed the question for you. Would you be okay with missing out on uh, Pete if it uh, meant getting Juan Soto and then you'd have to watch Pete in the Bronx? Like that's, I mean, the question of would you rather have Alonzo or, or Soto has been asked. But if you pick Soto, you also have to watch Alonzo play first base for the Yankees and hit 50 home runs in the Bronx. I don't know. That's a tough one. I think we all know who the better player is, but that's a different added element to it.